<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Need advice? Want to know what a pro would say? Get all the answers you need from professionals in this Fox 4 podcast. Ask the Experts. Hi, welcome to this edition of Ask the Experts. Today, we're going to give you some information that's going to help you extend the life of your car, prevent big auto repairs, and train you to do some of your very own auto maintenance. If that sounds a little daunting to you, don't worry, because Jim Clark with Midwest Auto Services is our sponsored guest today, and he's going to walk us through every step of this. We have a lot to discuss about cars. I think, you know, aside from spending time at home or work, the one place we probably spend the most time is our cars on our commutes and things like that. So, Jim, I want you first to tell us a little bit about yourself, because you have been a car guy since you were nigh on to a grasshopper's knees. <laughs> Very small. Tall enough to see over the fender, yeah. Carrie. <laughs> yeah. uh, my background was uh, my father had a shop, and I uh, I was around cars my entire life. My uh, high school years, I took Votech. I mm-hmm. uh, moved into professional technician uh, at a uh, aftermarket supplier, and uh, than the dealerships later. And then you decided, I want to do this on my own. I don't like how everyone else does it. I want to do it my way. Well, I really wanted to have my own venue to support my own ideas. You know, I, I d- one of the biggest things for me is just customer service is no longer there. You know, to be able to, to count on someone to have a friend to talk to about your car that's a professional is just something that most people don't want to... Uh, to do anymore well that is it's an amazing thing to have that person that you trust and who knows you well enough to like be oh this is carrie and she describes her car's um, maladies in noises <laughs> so she's You're gonna wub call wub. me and say <laughs> things are going in the back or whatever so um and you know how to how to diagnose that so i think that is wonderful so if we talk about I mean, our car really is our biggest investment maybe besides your house is. and we want to extend the life of it we want it to look good and to run run right for a really long time. So mm-hmm. what are some tips for basic maintenance that will help you keep your car healthy for a long time? Uh, simple stuff. Check your fluids, check your tire pressures, um, you know, keep some emergency uh, items in your trunk, in your car. Be prepared mm-hmm. and have a, have a partner that you can work with. Mm-hmm. That's the most important thing. It is. I mean, to be able to call on somebody like a friend and ask them continually, <laughs> you know, what's wrong with this? And this light just went on and this is, is invaluable. So when we talk about that basic maintenance and oil and, f- and fluid levels, um, I remember my dad before I left for college, before he left me, let me out of the house and he wasn't super mechanical. He made me know a few things. And one of them was checking the oil. And so just talk about that because everyone doesn't know exactly how to check the oil, what you're looking for, if there's residue in the oil, what it means. 
-hmm. What's checking your oil? Well, checking the oil is pr uh, primarily checking the level. We're, all, we're looking for quality and quantity. Um, I recommend that you check the oil when you fuel the car. So at least once a week? Once a week would be ideal. Mm -hmm. uh, and because oil change intervals have increased so much with the different types of oil that are out there now, it's critical that we check in between. It's not abnormal for a car to use oil anymore. During normal operation, they will use oil to some degree. If we don't replace that, you're going to have a problem. Mm -hmm. So this is a no-brainer for some people, like <laughs> car guys. <laughs> but when you check your oil, you don't need to have a completely cold car, So you can, but you definitely want to have the engine off and let it rest for a few minutes. I, that's why I recommend doing it while you're fueling the car. You can do it first thing in the morning while it's cold. Just make sure it's on a level surface. Nothing wrong with that. Okay? Most people don't want to do it first thing in the morning, so it's, it's easiest to do it while you fuel it. Shut it off, fuel the car, pop the hood, check your fluids. Everything will have a, t a chance to settle down, and you'll get an accurate reading. Okay? Keep an extra quart of oil in the trunk with a, with a, uh, a funnel. If you need some, put some in. You know, uh, just don't not check it. Mm -hmm. uh, that's going to that's gonna hurt you in the long run. And when you talk about checking your fluids, mm -hmm. specifically what fluids are we supposed to be checking and how, how much should we worry about if they go down a little bit? Uh, you know, all fluids are going to move up and down incrementally based on given situations. But <clears throat> coolant, uh, you can see in a clear bottle in most cars, it has a mark on it. Just make sure it's somewhere close. If it's real high or real low, might need to investigate that. Um, power steering, some cars have it nowadays. Some cars don't have a hydraulic power steering system. Uh, transmission is difficult today because a lot of cars don't have a dipstick anymore, which requires a different procedure for actual checking. Okay, So, you know, engine oil, windshield washer, coolant, power steering, transmission, if you can do it, that does require the car engine to be running. Um, that's a little more difficult, but it's still pretty basic stuff. Most people can handle it. Well, and you talked about when you grew up in your neighborhood, people often on the weekends or in the evenings, they had their hoods up, and you could go from door to door and learn things uh, from your friend's father's you know, car, because back then people could do more of their own car maintenance. But things have gotten so complicated, haven't they? It was the automotive utopia for young kids mm -hmm. that were uh, mechanically inclined. Everybody had to hood up. Everybody was doing something. You go from place to place and look at it. Nowadays, it's changed dramatically. The the level of technical expertise necessary to successfully complete a diagnosis and repair on a vehicle is dramatically increased. And it's most important that we have someone to partner with to help you. When you talk about fluid levels going up and down, how, what, why would they go up and down if something's not leaking? Um, as they circulate, there's, um, there's different reasons that that can happen. Uh, again, it's an incremental change. Uh, coolant expands and contracts uh, slightly you know, based on temperature, so it, that would be the one that would probably move more than any. Okay? Uh, engine oil just needs to drain back. So, uh, again, it, it, most of those fluids are pretty straightforward. You check all your fluids every single time you're, or just the oil, every time you're filling up? Well, you know, 
you can you can look at all of them, okay? Uh, but because they move so incrementally, the majority of them, you don't need to check all of them all the time. You just you need to establish a baseline where they're at. You can lift the hood and look at these things and discover. I really don't need to look at this again. Mm-hmm. You know, again, common sense prevails. Just the consistency of doing this is most important. Because if you take, it's almost like, you know, your physical health. If you take care of those things now, you do prevent major repairs later and extend the life of your car just by topping off your fluids, just by um, making sure, another thing is making sure maybe your tire pressure Mm -hmm. is um, always where it should be. I remember doing a story a few years ago on, uh, before Memorial Day or something, on trips that people took and we randomly went to gas stations and checked people's tire pressures who were about to go on trips and almost none of them where they were where they should be and that affects your gas mileage and everything doesn't absolutely it? it does tire wear gas mileage um wear and tear on a vehicle it's it's a very simple thing but quite dramatic and in, mm-hmm. in uh, if we don't manage it properly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay so if you say so when my dad sent me off to college and I was by myself and he didn't want me broken down by the side of the road, I remember some of the things that he taught me before I left and he wasn't mechanical. Um, but change your own, you have to be able to change your own tire. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to check your fluids. Now I didn't have to be able to, to change my own oil because I don't think my dad could have done that himself, <laughs> but, um, jump a car. So I had to have jumper cables mm-hmm. in the car. And to this day, my girlfriends are super impressed that I can jump a car. <laughs> Um, But what would you say if you had um, a child, you know, going out into the world, what things would you say you need to know these basic things before you leave my house in a safe way? All those are great points. Um, We need to we need to look at the fluids in the engine. We need to look at tire pressure. We need to make sure that the car's safe. Um, Reading the owner's manual is a huge plus Mm -hmm. for a lot of people. It's in the car. Most people never read it. There's a lot of things in there that's really good information that might actually provide some clarity on stuff that you're not sure about. Yeah. Now, when you say um, also you send that kid away, or even with yourself, what kit might you need in your car um, to support that? I mean, obviously, you need jumper cables and a tire pressure gauge. What, what else would you keep in your car just to be safe in case? Well, I think I would I would keep uh, a basic uh, set of tools, you know, pliers, screwdriver, something along those lines. Uh, you need uh, emergency equipment, blanket, mm-hmm. pillow, uh, extra quart of oil, a funnel, uh, some jumper cables, always handy, tire pressure gauge, right? Maybe um, a flashlight. Flashlights are good. Um, you you never know what you can use it for, but it's amazing how handy they 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 really are, and you can get them for just a few dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, what about flares or? That's you know flares. Um, flares are kind of dangerous. I know. And, I don't know, want to put that but, in my son's car. Um, they make triangle kits that are really yeah. reflective triangles that are pretty. Um, that are a lot safer to use and, and really more effective, I think. Um, they, they also have banner-type things, caution, that you could put up on a small stand behind a car. Um, just, you know, another point, if you do get stalled or you need to, you know, uh, have the car looked at, try and get off the road. For sure. It's it's too darn close nowadays to, to be near the highway. Uh, 
a lot of bad things can happen. Yeah. What about the fact that do all cars still come with a spare tire and a lug wrench and a little jack? Most of them do. Um, Sometimes people don't know where they are. They're hidden pretty well. Yeah. You know, they, there's a generally a lower compartment in the trunk where that equipment is. Sometimes it's in a side pocket in the in the side panels of the trunk. Uh, some cars, you know, depending on uh, circumstance, don't have that. They may just have an inflator can now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the you know, checking the tire pressure in your spare tire is a huge thing too. Most people don't yes. think to do that, yeah. and you need to use it. And the tire is very low or flat because it hasn't been checked. Yeah, something okay. you want to do. So know where those things are in your car, mm-hmm. and um, and how to use them as well. Um, some of the other things I wanted to talk about is when you prepare for a trip. Like mm-hmm. let's say we're going from Kansas City to Yellowstone. Do you need to actually come in and have you do a preventative check, or are there some things you should check first? Um, but talk about so many people taking summer trips um, this year. What mm-hmm. do they need to do to make sure the family gets there safe? Well, that's a good question. I I think that it should uh, the vehicle should be looked at by a professional because there's things that you're not going to notice that you may check daily. You know. Uh, if we need brake service or there's something wrong underneath the vehicle, it's generally not possible for you to lift it up and evaluate that properly. Um, my shop does that uh, free of charge. Mm-hmm. We're happy to look at the vehicle for you. We're always glad to give you a few minutes of our time, you know, and I feel like that's something that needs to be done. That's amazing. I haven't heard of somebody who does anything free of charge. So you can bring it in and say, I'm about to go to Yellowstone, mm-hmm. and you'll take a little look at it. And sure. Tell me if I'm good to go. Absolutely, yeah. And we, you know, we, we prefer to, that you just call ahead for an appointment because then we can set aside that small amount of time and make sure that everything is right for your trip. Nothing worse than having a breakdown. Oh, that is true, especially on a trip with hungry babies in the back or something. <laughs> and the car's full and it, get, it never turns out well. Yeah, and you, it, even having a flat tire in that situation where you have to like unload all your luggage before you get down to the spare tire, you just want to prevent all of that if you can. Um, we, I, One other thing I wanted to talk to you about. I feel like back 30 years ago, people could fix their own cars. Oh, yeah. Now it has gotten so much more complicated. And so people who want to save money will often, often look up a video on YouTube about how to fix the air conditioner in their 1997 Toyota Camry. Mm -hmm. Um, What what is your view of that? Because sometimes it works and sometimes maybe not. (laughs) You know, the situation that they're putting forth on YouTube may not be your situation. You know, that's evaluation... Uh, proper professional evaluation is key. Um, air conditioning is is a pretty complex system. Most people think, well, if it's not working, the freon's empty. Well, that's not true. You can have an electrical problem. You can have a mechanical concern. You can have, uh, you know, there is safety devices on those systems that prevent it from operating. If it's evaluated properly, you're going to save more money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, to kind of dispel the notion that diagnosis is bad, uh, diagnosis is actually very good. It opens the door for any and all options that you have. They need to be presented to you to make an informed decision to do what's best for, for you and your automobile. Mm-hmm. And the YouTube video doesn't do that. 
You know, it's going back to comparing the the life and the health of your car to the health of your body. Like, how many times do we say, oh, this hurts, and we look on YouTube and try to figure <laughs> out what to do, and we spend thousands of dollars on our own remedies before we go to the doctor and find out what might be really wrong. And sometimes it works, and sometimes it's a train wreck. <laughs> well, sometimes, you know, sometimes it's it's a minor thing it's, that's, a, that's a common affliction. You know, a headache. You take aspirin for it. There's nothing wrong with that, mm -hmm. you know. Um, cars are a bit different, though. There, there are situations that you know would that can and are really pretty simple and straightforward. By and large, it's not that way anymore, and the reason is very simple: the cars are much more complex than they ever were. Mm -hmm. All these computer systems all tie into each other, mm -hmm. and if you don't know what you're doing, you can really end up spending a lot more money than you need to. That's the important part. Mechanics today are so much more highly trained than they used to be 50 years ago. You oh. used to just n need to know a few things, but what you have to know today about all the different models and the computerization of everything is mind-boggling to me. It, it really is. Even it's daunting to us in some cases because, um, you know, the level of complexity here is really engineering. Yeah. It's It's... It's no longer understanding the basic mechanical operation of an engine. There, are, uh, You have to know that and know it well, and you also have to be able to understand, discern, and properly evaluate the control system, the electronic stuff that operates that. That's all intertwined. You said that before. So if you tinker with one part and you think you've got that fixed, you might have just messed up six other parts that are connected to it. You know, it, it, there, is a, there is a pathway that we take to accurately evaluate and diagnose a car. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people don't realize this, but when they attempt to fix it themselves, they sometimes disrupt that pathway and give us uh, side paths that need to be addressed as well. Mm -hmm. You know, there's just so many things that affect us. It's it's best if we have this, you know, one story to deal with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so I've taken some questions from some of our viewers, from some of the folks uh, who work around here, who kind of mm -hmm. their most pressing auto questions. Um, so I'm just going to rip through some okay. of those with you. Great. Okay, number one, because we're looking into heating up and using air conditionings, changing the coolant, um, charging the AC. I touched on this before, but how often do you need to do that? Do you need to have a professional do that? Um, and you were just like, well, if it's not working, we can fix it. What do you think? You know, we have a saying in our business, if it isn't broken, don't fix it. Okay, <laughs> That's the first thing. Um, if the system is working, if it worked last year, it's probably going to work this year. If it doesn't, again, we need to evaluate why. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, everybody wants to go for Freon. That's great. Sometimes we do have a leak. The system is inherently dangerous. You can, uh, and there has been situations where people have got hurt by having Freon come out of the system or overcharging it and causing damage. So, uh, again, the, the evaluation part of it is most important. Once we determine what it is, we'll give you all the available options. That's good. Um, what about how, how often should you change your wipers? Um, honestly, <sighs> Sometimes you can do that yourself, and sometimes it's complicated. That's it. You know what? It's a very simple thing. What's complicated is some of the fastening devices that they use to hold them on there. Uh -huh. 
This is something that most people can do themselves. Um, you know, it, it, a couple times a year, honestly, is the way it works. I will give you a little secret, though. The secret to a longer-lasting wiper blade is a clean wiper blade. So what is that? Well, it's very simple. If you have eyeglasses, you have little alcohol wipes. Take the alcohol wipe and wipe the rubber portion of the blade where it contacts the windshield. There is so much road debris, dust, dirt, uh, tree parts, <laughs> dead bugs, right. all these things uh, get on the blades. If they're cleaner, they work better. I can usually get a year out of mine before I have to change them again. And so how often do you have to? If you do it, you know, every couple of months, honestly, it's, it's probably all you need. You know, if you, live, if you live on a gravel road, that is so hard on cars, you know. But something like that, it's a small thing you could do. You may need to do that monthly on a car that, that's on gravel road. And I will tell you, you need to wash your car. If you live on a gravel road, that is the absolute worst thing for an automobile is all that gravel dust. They really have to be cleaned more frequently. Uh, up under the carriage, too. It's, it affects so many things. It, it literally, that dust is so fine that it attaches itself to the wheels, to the undercarriage. Uh, we've had them come in uh, with people complaining of vibrations, and we've taken the tires off, and there is a coating on the inside of the wheels of this gravel dust that's like cement it really is we've chipped it off i at one guy in particular we literally had five pounds of gravel dust one wheel wow so his okay. car was going whoa, whoa, whoa. It, it was definitely a wub wub problem okay. so you know it, it, it's just an example of how those things can really affect an automobile and you don't realize it because you don't look at it you don't look at the bottom of your car. Go to a car wash that has that undercarriage wash. It really does it good. Wow, that is great advice. Both both what you said about the wipers. I've never heard of cleaning your wiper blades mm -hmm. like that. Um, and the, the gravel roads. Okay, so what, tire pressure. Mm -hmm. Apparently, this is a question from a viewer, not myself, because I didn't even know this. But apparently, there's um, on the, the driver's side door, it will mm -hmm. tell you one level to keep your tire pressure at. And then sometimes on the tire itself, it differs. What are you supposed to go by? Well, when the car was manufactured, they put a placard on there that was designed for uh, most people to have the best ride that they can get with the car. Nothing wrong with that, okay? Uh, on the side of the tire, the maximum tire pressure is printed on every tire. Somewhere in between there is where you need to be, okay? Whatever makes you happy. Some people like to have a firmer ride, put more, put more air, okay? Uh, if you like to have a softer ride, follow the factory recommendation, and that's typically what that's for. Well, and things like if you travel a gravel road a lot, maybe it needs to be different than if you're all highway. Yes, absolutely. And What and should you do for potholes? <laughs> avoid them if at all possible. <laughs> I'm like, what, what kind of tire pressure? <laughs> you know... We, it, it, this, this last winter has really brought a plethora of potholes to our, our, uh, our Kansas City metro here. And <laughs> plethora really isn't, of potholes, that is what we've got. <laughs> there really isn't too many ways to avoid that yeah. particular problem. But, you know, if, if you do run through one, we should probably have the car looked at just because, uh, you know, if you, example, you go through the pothole and the steering wheel's now crooked, something's bent you've got a problem <laughs> you go through the pothole and you had a vibration you didn't have before 
something's bent. We need to look at that. Because if you don't get it straightened out soon, you're going to have... All it's going to do is cost more later. Yeah. You know, people are afraid of the cost. I don't want to spend the money. What? It's not going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And if we catch it in the, in the beginning stages, you'd be amazed how inexpensive it truly is. You know, it just maintains the car better. You have less issues. Uh, you know, the longer it goes, the more complex, the more th- systems are affected. It just... It, it creates more issues that are completely avoidable. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, oil change schedule. It mm-hmm. used to be hard and fast. Every 3,000 miles, yes, you change did. your oil. And mm-hmm. now it's so much different because you've got all these different kinds of oils and the way cars run through them. So touch on that. And mm-hmm. while you're touching on that, touch on take a breath and touch on the difference between the, the synthetic oils and the regular oils and why sometimes they cost more when you get an oil change. Well, that's, a, that's actually a very good question. So let's start with the oils. Okay, Oil used to be straight petroleum-based. Uh, very few options exist for straight petroleum oil anymore. Most manufacturers have at least gone to a synthetic blend, which is synthetic oil and petroleum blended together. Advantage, doesn't sludge up like it used to. Uh, You can also go longer between oil changes, okay? Full synthetic, good thing, you know. uh, Full synthetic has no petroleum oil on it at all. Uh, It doesn't sludge up, and the longevity is increased dramatically. So if you drive a lot, look at a full synthetic. The cost of the full synthetic is a bit more, but because you don't have to change it constantly or on a more frequent basis as you would with a semi or a, or a um, petroleum-based product, uh, this, is, this is a money saver, you know, and, and it's a convenience thing. Mm-hmm. It, it really is. The, the convenience of not having to change the oil every month if you do a lot of driving is, is a big thing. And that also ties in with making sure that you check your oil, okay? Most cars today, they use a thinner grade of oil than we used to in the past, okay? Um, the engines are designed for maximum fuel economy, so what happens is, is we have something they call oil consumption. It's not abnormal anymore. It used to be. If we had a car that consumed oil, it was a bad thing. It still kind of is now, but the fact is, is that if we don't check the oil regularly when we fuel the car, if we're not checking that oil... And we're, let's say we're using a full synthetic. You can literally empty the engine out of oil in between oil changes because of the longer duration of oil change. Uh, uh, Schedule or whatever. Sch- scheduling is probably a good word. You know, so they, it, to answer your question, it's based on how you drive, what kind of oil you use, and, um, you know, what, what your driving habits are. Right? All those things play into it. So, again, having someone to, to, you know, work to bounce ideas off. You know, this is how I drive. What should I use? Well, here you go. This and is how often? I mean, because if it costs you, you know, maybe you can get a coupon for twenty nine ninety nine, but then for the synthetic, it's a little bit more than that. And to have somebody tell you, hey, you don't have to come back for seven until 7,000 miles or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, because sometimes mm-hmm. you can't determine that yourself. Well, and again, this is why it's it's good to partner with somebody because we can we can advise you on those things. For example, your automobile may be a high performance automobile. Okay, 
they inherently need more service more frequently. Mm -hmm. You need to address that in your oil change, okay? Uh, if you have an economy car, you know, uh, you typically have less maintenance, okay? But you still have the, the normal oil change schedule. So a semi-synthetic, typically four to 5,000 miles is what we recommend. A full synthetic, you can run eight to 10,000. And sometimes that kind of information isn't in your manual. It's not because okay. they, what they... It's uh, so circumstantial. Well, you know what? It just, it, it's not one size fits all anymore. Mm -hmm. It's not the 3,000 mile oil change. What the manufacturer has come up with is the oil life monitor. That's the light that comes on and yeah. says, change my oil. Well, you know what? That's based on engine hours and other things, but primarily engine hours. So we've, I've literally had people that didn't have an oil change for over 15,000 miles because they followed the light. So the light is still a good indicator. It's a, it's, an, it's a good indicator if we're all on the same page with what oil we're using and how we're driving the car. Okay. Right? If we don't, if we just presume I'm just going to keep going until the light comes on and don't check things, uh, you're going to have issues. Okay. And we've seen it. Okay. Um, so you addressed the synthetic versus regular oil. Check engine light. So your check engine light comes on every once in a while, and there are bazillions of reasons of why that could, it's not one reason. Mm -hmm. um, when your check engine light comes on, I've heard sometimes it just comes on because your gas cap isn't screwed on it tight enough. It can be as simple as that. Yeah. What should I do when my check engine light, do I need to panic? Do I need to get in right away? Or what do you do when your check engine, you probably doesn't ever comes on. But I, when, it, when you Believe see it or one, not, my car breaks too. Okay. So when your check engine light comes on, what do you do? Um, I talk to my service professional. Um, there's, you know, I, I keep, I keep going back to that, but the fact is, is that, you know, you can go to the parts store and they can pull your codes. Okay. You can go almost anywhere and they can pull your codes. And that's a good thing. It's good to know what is potentially going on. But the check engine light is only a general area of diagnosis for us to go look at. It doesn't mean that we need to replace this part or that part. It means the car is telling you, I have a problem. And somebody needs to investigate this. That's what that means. Mm -hmm. okay? If it's as simple as a gas cap, you know, hallelujah. Mm -hmm. You know, if it's not, again, you need to be aware of what's going on, what could potentially be an issue here, and what you should do to, to remedy that. Yeah. I think um, when I when I listen to you – oh, wait, there's one more. This is not my question. Wait, I just found one more. It's okay. Um, because I don't even know what this is. But this young man <laughs> wanted to know how often to change out his differential fluid. Well, that's a good question. Differential you know, fluids in general, okay, differential fluid in particular, is a very heavy oil that is designed by the factory to be an add-to item. So technically never according to the manufacturers, okay? okay? During your regular oil changes, okay, uh, when people come to the shop, we check those fluids and we evaluate the condition of them. Sometimes you can have something going wrong with your differential, especially if the car is or the truck is older, you know? We routinely see 150 to 250,000 mile vehicles come in and uh, questions come up, do I need to change these fluids? Well, we need to evaluate them. Okay. If there's no reason to, especially differential, no. It's not necessary. 
sometimes there's material buildup in there, and if there is, there's a, an underlying problem that needs to be uh, evaluated and addressed. All based on the effort to keep your car running safely for as long as possible because it's such a huge investment. I think there are many people out there who don't trust their mechanic. They jump from mechanic to mechanic um, to get the best price. And they don't have the relationship that you're talking about, almost that friendship where you can trust them to tell you what you really need and not overcharge you. But that is something that is so crucial to you, isn't it? It, it is to me. Uh, it is to my clients. Uh, we have long-term clients, and, and the reason is is that they're comfortable coming to us to, to ask of us things that they're not sure about. Um, doing anything based solely on price is not necessarily wise. Mm -hmm. Well, because you want to find a true expert. You don't want someone to steer you in the wrong direction um, because of their own ignorance or because of their own, um, they're wanting to line their pockets. So to find a true, honest expert is a, a really big deal. And so if you want that kind of relationship with um, your mechanic, I, I would I started by calling you a car guy, but I think I'm going to call you a car doctor from now on because you've, you're so eloquent. The doctor is in. You, that's right. You've <laughs> answered the questions in such an, an eloquent um, way that I, you know, I think you're very trustworthy. And well, thank um, you. yes, so your shop is in Blue Springs. Might be worth the drive if you don't live there. It's Seventh and Main Street, or Seventh Highway and Main Street. And uh, you also have a lot more information about your business on MidwestAutoServices.com. That's correct. And so they can find you there um, and and give you a call if you have some questions too. You've got some capable people there answering the Absolutely, phone. Absolutely, yeah. We're we're. You know, I have a shop full of professional people. Mm -hmm. We're all, I myself am an ASE double master technician. I'm a General Motors master technician. Um, I have uh, in my employee several other uh, master technicians. We have some younger technicians that are up and coming. Mm -hmm. But we're all very professional. Mm -hmm. And that's our my goal, mm -hmm. to, to treat our clients right, to, to give them a place to go where they feel comfortable to get an objective opinion. You know, as you pointed out, there's, you know, sometimes you go to a shop and you leave with a huge estimate. We're here to dispel any rumors. We're going to give you facts. You may not like them, but I'm going to tell you what it is. Well, even a, even like you would go to a doctor, a second opinion might be a great thing. If you feel like um, the place you're going is leading you astray, it sounds like a second opinion may be in order as well. You know, and, and less about leading astray and more about the complexity of the automobile in general. You know, it's sometimes a huge repair dictates a second opinion. Mm -hmm. And we're happy to do that. Mm -hmm. You know, whether we fix this car that you own or the next one is fine with us. We just want you to, to be comfortable, to know that you have a place to go, and to, to have enough faith in us to take our recommendations and make your own decision. Mm -hmm. Well, and faith comes from trust, you mm -hmm. know? And so, um, again and again, if you're trustworthy and, you know, and you, you give the information they need and you're not trying to overcharge and you have professionals who can answer real questions, mm -hmm. that, that is worth it because, again, second biggest investment. So... MidwestAutoServices.com. We appreciate you joining us for t today's uh, Ask the Experts. Thank you, Carrie. Thank you for having me.